0: hello and welcome to weird things and wine the show where we sip wine and talk about all things weird my name is tash and my name is mia and today we will be talking about the missing 411 phenomenon shall we jump right into it Ooh, let's go (laughs) (laughs) national parks are home to many great adventures from camping to hikes offering beautiful waterfalls and stunning views but they are also home to a disproportionate number of missing persons cases One man has dedicated his life to uncovering the underlying cause of all of these seemingly connected disappearances. But is he reaching? Is there actually anything weird about people getting lost in such a wild terrain? Well, when you look a little deeper, you may start to realize that there's something just a little bit off about these cases. Strange lights and visual distortions, creepy noises echoing through the trees, and what is up with all those reports of staircases in the middle of the woods? Let's talk about it. Dang, that's an intro. Cheers. Cheers. Just a preface, this will be a two parter. In part one, we will be talking about some cases,
1: and then in part two, we will be talking about mostly theories. To break it down a little further, uh, in part one, we're going to be talking about cases involving children mostly.
0: Yeah, because there's a lot of cases involving children, like there's a very high number, mm-hmm. so it was a lot easier to find information about those. And then in part two, we will also be covering some theories. Again, like you said,
1: mostly theories.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So stick around for that, and let's just get started, I guess. So both of us grew up kind of um, not in a city, let's say,
1: in British Columbia, right?
0: Yeah. So that kind of means that we encounter forests and woods a lot during our everyday life.
1: Pretty much everyday life. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so.
0: (laughs) So, Mm Mia, have you ever encountered anything weird in the woods? weird
1: as an unexplainable in real life i don't think so i think everything i've experienced in the woods has been explainable so i'm gonna say no okay how about you tash i'm really interested to hear your answer (laughs) well i think that woods are woods and
0: forests are just like creepy no matter what agreed being in them can kind of like play tricks on your mind and make you hear things. So, like, it can be a little uncomfortable to be in the woods. And, you know, sometimes you see things or you hear things and you're like, we need to go right now because I don't know if that was, like, a bear or if that was Bigfoot, you know? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, there's been, like, a few few things, but I think that could be a whole other episode we could talk about our own spooky things that have happened in our lives
1: see that means that i'm actually gonna have to go camping though because i (laughs) i pass the woods every day and behind my house is woods that leads to a trail that like animals Mm -hmm. take yeah in this part of the world (laughs) (laughs) so i see it sort of from a distance i've never really been in it like in it Mm -hmm. i've never gone traipsing around in the woods
0: it's not my favorite activity (laughs) but we could go we could do that just for the experience
1: i mean go find bigfoot honestly i would love to i would love to be a tornado chaser and a bigfoot fieldologist fieldologist that's a a word sure field studier
0: yeah field observer sure (laughs) (laughs) okay so we'll go camping and then we'll get back to you with some creepy stories Okay, so first up, I have a little bit of background on the Missing 411 phenomenon. Okay. And David Politus himself.
1: This is really interesting stuff. Yeah. To be honest.
0: It's weird.
1: Also true.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so David Politus is the man who kind of coined the term Missing 411. So he started working in law enforcement in 1977, primarily in San Jose. And after about 20 years, he quit and he decided to focus on researching the high number of disappearances in national parks. He has been studying this for a really long time. And while he never really outright says what he thinks causes these disappearances, he has written at least two books about Bigfoot, and he has started a group called the North American Bigfoot Search.
1: Isn't that just so cool? It's cool. I would like to join it. Me too. How do you join it? I don't know (laughs) google that afterwards that's Mm -hmm. been my my bedtime plan
0: (laughs) yeah his website isn't great
1: so it's kind of hard to find information on there and it seems to be that his website also like the store part of his website closes like
0: um digital website should not do
1: (laughs) it's really odd i i don't know
0: (laughs) (laughs) after he got into bigfoot he kind of started working on missing 411 which is like a series of books which again are very hard to buy Mm -hmm. so i don't own any i would like to me too he has also made two documentaries
1: do you have a chance to watch them they gave me some serious chills
0: yeah especially i think it was the The second one the hunted yeah Mm -hmm. that one was freaky Mm -hmm. that one that one gave me some some pause some nightmares (laughs) (laughs) maybe So, his research focuses on weird disappearances in the wilderness, specifically national parks, all over the world. And he has even discovered that there is actually no official database on the missing people. Like, there's no place where you can go and be like,
1: yeah, this number of people went disappearing... went... went missing. Went disappearing. (laughs) (laughs) So, even though national forests are considered federal land, there's no federal database to keep track of any of those things. Yeah. At all. So... I wanted to do some research into that. I can't really wrap my head around it, so maybe I'll just blurt it out at different points during our talk tonight. (laughs) Um, But as far as I can tell for the general National Park uh, website, they have like nothing in lieu of missing persons. They have a photo, a brief description of where they were last seen, and what's going on, which is nothing. There's no even update on last search effort or things you can do to help, which I guess maybe they don't want everyone to help, following what happens in one of the cases that we'll be discussing. It's just very odd.
0: Yeah, and um, I don't think that there's anywhere you can go and see, like, all the different national parks. There's just, you can search one at a time, but Mm -hmm. there's no official all the parks.
1: It's also cool to note that David didn't just stick to, like, his hometown. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, There's cases from here in Canada, everywhere in the States. Like I think he probably even has cases from other national parks in different continents. It's Mm -hmm. very interesting. Um, And I also wanted to just quickly throw in here that it has been said that David originally got into looking into all these weird disappearances because one day he was talking with a ranger. Because we should say, David is a... (laughs) mr politis (laughs) is also a cryptozoologist which is so cool i want to be that (laughs) that would be so neat so one day he was um discussing something with a ranger and the ranger just brought his attention to all of the weird disappearances that are going on in the national parks Mm -hmm. and that prompted david to look into it further and that's how all of this sort of came about
0: yeah Like, he worked in law enforcement for, like, 20 years, so he has a bit of background on this type of stuff. So he's pretty reputable in that Mm -hmm. sense of the word. Some people do, like I said in the intro, he might stretch the truth sometimes, or people think that maybe he's not the most reliable source. But (laughs) I think that him just calling attention to these cases that are weird and that the facts of the case are what they are, Mm -hmm. I think that's really interesting. I don't know if you have any fun facts, but I have some not fun facts. Oh, (laughs) love the
1: not fun facts.
0: (laughs) Did you know, according to the FBI, in the last 10 years, 0.22% of the U.S. population has gone missing, like without a trace.
1: Yeah, that's not a very good fact, you're right.
0: (laughs) No, it also happens to be the same percentage as the amount of cattle that are picked off by predators.
1: (gasps) Ew! (laughs) Oh, that's scary.
0: Yeah, so that kind of... Might make you think... We're just setting the tone. (laughs) Yeah, people have speculated (laughs) that perhaps maybe something is picking off some of us. A small amount of number hunting us. (laughs) A small amount of people so as to not
1: draw suspicion. Wait, wait, wait. Like... Like, there's a small amount of people that are hunting other people, or there's a small amount of people that are being hunted and targeted. Well, there's based a on small amount of
0: people, but it could be people that are doing it. We don't know. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> also, apparently, BC is home to the second largest cluster oh. of missing people in North America in the greater Vancouver area, and I think it's right after Yosemite.
1: Well, that's alarming.
0: Yeah. In it. <laughs> in <Isn't> it. <laughs> and there's also. A map of cave systems that run underneath the US, and it looks very, very similar to the map of missing people in national parks. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. What? Yeah.
1: I don't love that. No. That is. mm. See, this makes you question the world. There's so (laughs) many things that don't make sense but could. I forget what I was learning about, but. Or maybe I was just dreaming about it. I don't even remember. I was having an existential crisis trying to figure out how life is connected and continues. (laughs) And what if there's no edge of the universe? I don't know, man. (laughs) What
0: if there's no edge of the... Ooh.
1: Yeah. That's a lot. I know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, when search and rescue is deployed on these types of cases, there are a few things that they commonly use, a few techniques. They'll get the dogs out to try to find the missing person, and I followed someone on TikTok, I can't remember... But they have a search and rescue dog, and it's really interesting to see how he just, like, runs around and tries to find somebody.
1: And These dogs are always really highly trained. Like, drug dogs, <laughs> search and rescue dogs.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, they're
1: really smart. Mm-hmm.
0: Dogs are good. I love dogs. <laughs> they also use bump lines. So, like, we oh, should have wrote down what this actually was.
1: Aren't bump lines when you get a huge bunch of people, um, and you all sort of walk, like, shoulder, not shoulder to shoulder, but outstretched arms to outstretched arms in a straight line, and then you all do a 180 pivot and go back. I think so, and you
0: use, like, these, um... Markers? Yeah, markers to kind of... So, like, they intersect, so you're always making sure that every inch of the ground is covered. Mm-hmm. Same with a grid search, like, you'll go through and then every every group will have, like, a certain area that they're searching, and they'll search that area so thoroughly. So it's not just, like, go out and look, it's, like, a very systemized yeah.
1: system. I feel like the only problem with bump lines is that you can, theoretically, if my understanding is correct, only do it in a weird, squiggly mm-hmm. area.
0: <laughs> they'll also use helicopters and search from the air to see if there's anything weird like if somebody's clothes are are
1: like just lying on the ground somewhere they'll Mm -hmm. be able to see that which is why if you ever get stranded in the woods you're supposed to have something really brightly colored and move yourself to an open area of the woods so that you can wave it in the air if you hear something
0: yeah (laughs) so keep that in mind guys
1: (laughs) we're here for you
0: (laughs) (laughs) they'll also use radar to try to find people which i think is super interesting
1: so search and rescue groups have a lot of different types of radar there's radar that can search by heat signatures on the ground. If I liked being outside, I would like to join search and rescue. Mm. I do not, to. In my heart, I'd love to be an outdoors person.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: My head's just like, what? No. <laughs> it's <laughs> outside, too many it's things. <laughs> it's cold. I don't know what's over there. <laughs> Is this plant poisonous?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm always worried about poison ivy. It's one of my greatest concerns when I'm
1: outside really
0: it's because i have a bleak pollen allergy so whenever i brush past any plant i'm gonna you know feel Break out. yeah i also have a problem with touching plants you that do. i should not be
1: touching you might want to reconsider <laughs> that hobby
0: <laughs> okay so there are a few similarities between the missing 411 cases so not every or not every missing person case will be part of the missing 411 there's a few things that need to be um, that
1: need to line up for it to be considered
0: yeah <clears throat> there's nine similarities so there's the point of separation which means that if the person is a part of a group they will get separated from their group there's the time of disappearance which is usually in the mid to late afternoon oftentimes the missing person will be found on boulder fields or near boulder fields they'll also be found often near water not always in the water but near it
1: near water interesting
0: And usually there will be some sort of weather event that occurs before, during, or after the disappearance. I think it's especially interesting when someone goes missing and then the next day there'll be, like, a big snowstorm or something.
1: And it always seems that these weather events are, like, not mild.
0: No. (laughs) yeah. Oftentimes there will be, or the victim will have some sort of disability or illness. And it can either be, like, visible, like, they have, like, um...
1: They're missing a leg.
0: Yeah, they're missing a limb, or or something like um, autism, or mm-hmm. something like that. Also, like we were just talking about, the dogs are so highly trained, but oftentimes in these cases, the dogs cannot track the person, or they find the scent and then lose it.
1: Also, I think included in that is they find the scent, but they won't, <laughs> they won't go any further.
0: Yeah, like they're scared or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Oftentimes, a weird
0: amount of times the person or their items will be found in an area that's been previously searched even like multiple times
1: mm-hmm.
0: sometimes like out in the open where you can totally like see it
1: just walking by like obviously
0: yeah so following that oftentimes the person if they're found they won't have all their clothing on them Or their clothing will be found completely separate
1: from them mm-hmm. it seems like a lot of cases shoes specifically are in question
0: yes There's also, usually usually the cause of death will be either unknown or it will be written off as exposure. Mm -hmm. And there's also an interesting thing. The last one I have here is geographical clustering. So there will be a higher likelihood of going missing if there's been other people going missing in that area. So generally a cluster is between three people
1: and 80 people. So really, what you should take away from that is you need to look at this map to figure out where the clusters are so that you don't go there. Avoid them entirely. Okay. There's something spooky going on in that area. Don't go there. Don't. Save yourself.
0: <laughs> Some other similarities between cases is that, like we were talking about, there's a lot of missing children higher than the amount of missing adults. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of makes sense because children children are easier to coerce than adults yeah and it's wild terrain and they could get hurt but it's also kind of weird because if you have a child out in the wilderness like that you're gonna keep such a close eye on them i
1: would think so
0: Mm -hmm. like that would be i wouldn't like let them out of my sight i'd have like one of those little leashes to carry them around (laughs) (laughs) safety (laughs) there's also a much higher number of men that go missing rather than women but Uh, That could just be because men are more likely to be in the wilderness and also more likely to do reckless things.
1: It could be like something to do with confidence. Yeah, men have more sometimes. (laughs) Hypothetically speaking, (laughs) men may have more um, confidence in their abilities to do outdoorsy things that are maybe not the safest,
0: even if it's totally unfounded.
1: Not that this doesn't being men again. Not that this doesn't happen with other genders just that just we're just saying as a general statement
0: yeah there's a reason men die earlier than women do
1: (laughs) (laughs) respectfully
0: (laughs) so there are a few things that will rule out a case from the missing 411 phenomenon four different things so mental illness obviously voluntary disappearance like if they just wandered off by their own accord criminal activity like if, if there's evidence of somebody
1: obvious attacked. evidence <laughs> yeah
0: of t- somebody taking them or
1: murdering them murdering them. <laughs> there's a literal knife found beside them with not their fingerprints yeah
0: yeah um and also animal predation so if it's obvious that they were attacked by a cougar or a bear or cause something. of death yeah
1: yeah so if any of those are
0: proven david will rule out the case as part of the missing form one
1: So I think that how he came up with the current 411 eligibility criteria, thank you, the current missing 411 criteria is he took all of the cases, compiled them all, and then ruled out all of these things and then found out all of the similarities that the remaining cases have. Yeah,
0: so it's not like every single person that goes missing is part of the missing 411. Mm -hmm. It's just the ones that have something obviously a little bit more to them that the
1: media is putting out something a little more sinister or something a little more sinister that the media isn't putting out because sometimes the media is not so reliable sometimes yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'd like to state that on the record (laughs) another
0: thing that people will report often in the middle of the woods and you can like look this up on youtube it's creepy they'll hear like metal sounds that sounds awful Mm -hmm. like (gasps) clanging or like a door opening or closing you gasped what was going you on you have to
1: leave that in the episode
0: okay yeah why does it come into play yeah i'm so excited okay. <laughs> i won't say my theories about that yet because i obviously went off the rails a little bit while i was researching this so we're just gonna move on <laughs> let's get into our first case and this is the case of jared atadero
1: prepare for this one Prepare for them all, really. If you're you're a little um, sensitive, you might not want to... Why are you listening to any of our episodes? Go listen to the (laughs) Loch Ness Monster episode. What are you doing? Yeah, that
0: one's good. Listen to that one. (laughs) I will say, just as a warning, the first two cases that we will cover don't have happy endings. Mm -hmm. And they do involve children, so it's a little bit... Turn it it's off tough. or fast forward if you would like to,
1: and I will not be offended. And I feel like because we're talking about actual human beings, we should still say that we respect everyone and don't mean to disrespect anyone, and yeah. we hope that everyone is okay.
0: Yeah, part of the reason I wanted to cover this case specifically is because his father seems to believe that there's something more going on. Ooh. So, I'm, I'm, I wanted to talk about it. Okay, Mr. Atadero. Yeah. So... Jared Atadero was a three-year-old who went missing on the Big South Trail near Rocky Mountain National Park on October 2nd, 1999. Oh my gosh. It's a long sentence, sorry.
1: <laughs> no, we were born in
0: 1999. We were. Weird. <sighs> <laughs> so Jared's father was named Alan, and his sister was Jocelyn, and she was six years old. They were, all three of them were staying at the, I might say this wrong, Poudre River Resort which i think was owned by alan and his brother who wasn't staying there at the time so there was a christian singles group of 11 people staying there to help alan prepare for winter it was kind of like a free room for help yeah a situation
1: i think that two one or two of the people from that group previously knew alan from either being there the year before or something like that yeah. So they they knew each. Uh, he at least knew some people in the group.
0: Yeah, and they got to know each other pretty well while they were helping him with this. Right. So this group decided to go for a walk to a trout farm, which was a mile or two away, and that was at around 10 a.m. on October second. So Jared and his sister decided to go along with the group, and like we said, Alan knew and trusted these people, and I think jocelyn wanted to go for a walk and she was you know six years old she wanted to go with this group and then jared was like well I, she's going i want to go right as a little <laughs> kid too <with you>, right <laughs> for some reason the group decided to change their mind and ended up going to the trail the big south trail instead of going to the trout f- farm which is completely different situations like a safe walk to a nearby trout farm as opposed to like a
1: trail a wilderness trail miles away i was gonna say is wasn't the trail like quite a bit farther away from the resort than the trout farm
0: it was yeah, yeah. like it was and this is like a little toddler right
1: yeah yeah two two like young children
0: yeah not 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 the not even like
1: of, mid-teens or like pre-teens
0: yeah like why would you want to take these toddlers on a wilderness hike <laughs> it's weird But, you know, maybe they weren't using their best judgment, I guess, because they were just on like a singles retreat trying to live it up, you know? As singles do. Mm -hmm. At the (laughs) trout farm. Living it up
1: on the trails.
0: (laughs) Um, It was a pretty rough trail. It was like, keep an eye on your kids, keep them close if you want to take them at all type of trail.
1: (laughs) What a great idea. Oh, no.
0: So the group kind of ended up spread out and Jared was walking pretty far ahead of the group. And so they kind of got a little bit separated, which again, a three-year-old should not be able to walk faster than a group of adults, but whatever. So Jared stumbled across two fishermen fishing near a river, and he asked them, he stumbled out of these trees, the little three-year-old that he is, and he's like, are there any bears around here? And they said no, and let him wander back into the trees, thinking that he would catch up to the group behind him because they could see that there was a group behind him. But they didn't think to maybe, you know, keep this little toddler there so he wouldn't go wandering off.
1: Okay, so thus far, we're like not very far into the morning and already there's been like two counts of adults failing this poor child.
0: At least. <laughs> um, that was at 11.30 in the morning. So that's already...
1: They left at 10 in an hour and a half. We have two counts of <laughs> adults failing Not only that, but that little kid has been walking for an hour and a half, poor guy. Oh, we didn't even think about that. How can he be running ahead of them? What three-year-old has that much energy?
0: They have a lot of energy. Do
1: they have that much energy, though, to be, like, walking for an hour and a half?
0: I wouldn't think so, but I don't know. Maybe they carried him sometimes and then plopped him him down at other times. I don't
1: know. That would make more sense.
0: It's weird. (laughs) So, eventually, the group finally realized that Jared was missing. He wasn't with the group anymore. (laughs) That was at around 45 minutes after he, like, wandered upon these two fishermen. They decided to call Alan, Jared's father, who came to search right away, and what they said on the phone was, Jared is fine, we just can't find him.
1: Why does that sound so (laughs) suspicious?
0: It does, doesn't it? Like, how do you know he's fine, you can't find him? I understand you're trying to be reassuring, but, like, be a little bit more concerned right now.
1: I feel like for myself, I can say that I'm fine. But I will—I would never allege how okay someone else is in any yeah. situation, especially a
0: little toddler. Like, come on, guys, have some common. Where's the common sense? Not here. Not that it, it seem self-trial. to be here. <laughs> on October
1: second, nineteen eighty-nine, they left
0: it at the trout farm. I guess.
1: <laughs> oh gosh.
0: So apparently, some of the hikers, as well as Jocelyn, Jared's sister had heard a scream, like Jared was playing with someone. It didn't sound like a, a scared type of scream. So like
1: a laughter scream. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. I don't like that. Okay.
0: So after the group had realized he was gone and Alan had looked around the area and couldn't find him, he called the authorities, and that was at around 4 p.m. A search and rescue team was dispatched to search all night. They started at around 6.30 p.m., and they didn't find any sign of him, even when they brought dogs and it started snowing that night which would cover any of his tracks so again the weather phenomenon like Mm -hmm. that's kind of weird it's october i don't know if they get a lot of snow there but it's october
1: (laughs) so one thing too because water is supposed to sort of heighten scents but this didn't this like did the opposite for some reason
0: i think we talked about that in the last episode too yeah Mm -hmm. it is weird on the evening of october 8th the search was called off
1: so what's that six days later this october yeah. 2nd to the 8th why
0: i don't know it seems like a really short amount of time that's to call what i the thinking. search, right but maybe they just had no leads and they searched the entire area i don't know so alan requested an amber alert to be issued but the fbi declined as they didn't see any evidence of a crime and they kind of just blamed it on a mountain lion
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. adult failing number three. Cool.
0: There we go. Leave it magic three, guys. <laughs> he also said that the authorities had shown the dogs a pair of his shorts instead of Jared's. Maybe what? that could be why they couldn't find him, right?
1: Why? why did that happen?
0: I don't know. Obviously, they couldn't mistake a pair of adult shorts for a three-year-old's shorts.
1: I would think not. <laughs>
0: no. So, I don't know how that happened, but that's not okay okay that's a very
1: big failing there okay so we've also had now four sketchy things happen
0: there will be more (laughs) okay cool (laughs) so let's flash forward years later june 5th 2003 so that's four Ah. years later so two hikers named rob and gareth found jared's shoes in a pretty strange place so it was on a boulder field around 550 feet higher from where jared was last seen and they were in pristine condition i think the hikers said that when they saw the shoes they were expecting a child to be attached to them because that's how clean they were
1: ew Mm mhm wasn't this boulder field also on a pretty steep incline?
0: yeah they said that jared would not have been able to hike that himself because he's a three-year-old child Okay, chills for the second time have arrived. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fun
1: stuff. So
0: these shoes, they weren't moldy. They weren't scuffed, even though they had theoretically been out there for four years, been rained on. But no, they were just pure white, clean, like he had just stepped out of them.
1: Weird. Weird. There's so many theories. Oh my gosh.
0: So when they looked closer, they found his other shoe, his jacket, and his pants that were inside out, like they have been... Like it is theorized they could have been removed prior to... Not passing yeah
1: weren't his pants sort of taken off as if someone else had taken them off it's like you know how if you take how if the toddler takes off their pants or even me when i'm feeling lazy <laughs> and my pants are tight <laughs> you just kind of take them off and then you like step out of them so they're kind of inside out as in all the legs yeah bunched up and maybe there's the legs are out like the bottom of the pant leg is now through the pants and up at the top
0: yeah i think that they were pretty much just completely inside out there wasn't any fiddling that had happened with them which is weird right
1: i don't think that a child would do that
0: (laughs) no and they were in pretty good condition as well i think they just had some like they had been scavenged by like rodents or birds or something So, I think the next day, the search teams found the rest of his clothes, which had been scavenged by animals, but they didn't have any, like, uh,
1: sign that they were on him at the time.
0: There was no blood, and there was no sign of anything besides, like, birds and rodents, like, taking it for their nests and stuff. Mm. It wasn't, like, a... There was no cat scratches, is what I'm trying to say. Right. (laughs) And then October 14th, they found Jared's tooth Mm. on top of a log like it had been placed there and a skull fragment as well close by the next couple things i'm going to say i did not find a whole lot of information about and i really only saw them in a couple of places but i think that it bears noting anyway Mm,
1: okay
0: alan jared's father believes that the tooth wasn't jared's he also believed that the evidence had been planted there by whoever took jared would agree yeah it looks
1: suspiciously like that
0: according to David Politis, and I think Alan and David kind of have worked together on this case pretty closely, Mm -hmm. there was also, I saw in one report, apparently there were weird marks on his skull that could have been caused by water erosion, like a stream or a river.
1: I'm also assuming that when they say skull fragment, it's not a very big part of the skull,
0: it was in the documentary, and when I saw it, it was jarring, but it wasn't the complete God's thing. you
1: look at the skull in the documentary? I
0: think so. And Jared was found on an embankment so far from any source of water. I also heard from third-party sources that the police apparently also lost his tooth. This
1: is hypothetical.
0: Hypothetical. Speculation. Just our <laughs> opinion. Please don't sue <laughs> us. Okay, so the clothes were in such good condition, and the... Authorities decided that it had been a mountain lion that had gotten a hold of him. Okay. Which doesn't make sense for the shoes because there were no, no scuff marks, no, no blood on the clothes, no scratch marks. It,
1: it, does, it doesn't really make sense to me. I feel like, you know why murderers get rid of the clothes that they murdered someone in? It's because you can tell that they murdered someone in them. <laughs> Clearly. Okay? Okay. <laughs>
0: And there was no sign that
1: anything like that had happened. It is very strange
0: to me that the dogs would not have been able to trap track him up that boulder field because he was, I mean, he was on a steep incline, but he was only five hundred and fifty feet away from where he was last seen. Which I also think that if he was attacked by a
1: um, animal, they would have heard that. Yeah, because sound travels, especially if you're up, if you are on a hill and you yell down. Sound travels. Yeah, they would
0: have been able to hear from that far away, theoretically, I would Mm -hmm. think. There is another theory that it could have possibly been an eagle.
1: Mm. Which
0: is interesting to me because they can carry off small Small children. (laughs) Yeah, and mammals and dogs. It is, and, and that would explain why he was on this boulder field. Maybe the bird dropped him or something. It doesn't explain why they didn't find him in the initial search, and it doesn't explain why his clothes were inside out.
1: Unless it picked him up literally by the belt of his pants.
0: Then it would have been ripped.
1: True, though, actually. There would be some puncture marks from the claws. So, as of right now, the
0: official report is that it was a mountain lion. Why? It doesn't make sense. It
1: it doesn't make any (laughs) sense at all. (laughs) I think I think foul play is involved.
0: Yeah, it makes sense to me that 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 would be the case because a person would be able to stop him from making too much noise, and they would be able to keep his
1: shoe for four years and then discard it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And both sets of adults that came across him, like the group that took him out there, the fishermen that saw him, like they're just so suspicious to me because. Why would you not do anything? Like even just walking home from work to my house, if there's a young child, I'm a little more wary. Like, yeah, where's your? Are you by your home? Are you okay? (laughs) Yeah,
0: and none of them helped him, which is
1: so sad.
0: Yeah, and there were eleven people in the group. Right? He didn't. Alan didn't know all of these people. He just knew them. As acquaintances, vaguely some of them, Mm -hmm. so it's not crazy to think that maybe there could be some sort of foul play involved in that case. But it does seem like a risky thing to do when there's so many potential witnesses around the area.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Although you know those witnesses apparently kind of sucked. So
1: what do do I know? They clearly weren't paying very good attention. so um, (laughs) If there was someone there that was doing this as like a crime of opportunity, they clearly would have had ample opportunity to do something they had like 45 minutes
0: which is crazy terrible terrible it's very sad and i feel very bad for alan and jocelyn and he's pretty um he's a he's a really strong advocate for his son and actually finding out the truth about what happened to him and i think he has worked pretty closely with david politis to
1: uncover the truth about this i feel like um parent intuition i feel like that's a real thing yeah really
0: yeah I, I think he said also that when jared was leaving he got like a weird feeling this is why you should always listen to your gut yeah it's also really weird to me the way that the authorities handled it the shadiness involving like the the messing up the dogs tracking with the shorts and like potentially losing the tooth and only searching for like not even a week those are weird things to me
1: and then calling off the search because there's no evidence that a criminal act
0: has occurred yeah not even an amber alert
1: that's what i meant sorry yeah
0: (laughs) it's just so weird just like if a child is missing and you have no evidence that they clearly were kidnapped or clearly were murdered
1: or clearly something else
0: yeah they go missing without a trace why wouldn't your mind jump to their being kidnapped and we need to put out an amber alert so we can find this child
1: that's why they exist that's why amber alerts are a thing they're literally this child is literally three years old what would you do if your three-year-old suddenly disappeared right. with no clear reason
0: and a three-year-old is not gonna wander far enough that they wouldn't have been able to find him right without help well
1: i wouldn't think so no. and i feel like eventually a three-year-old would get scared like yeah the woods are scary he was already especially... worried about bears do you think he asked because he saw something and he just got shivers <laughs> what if he saw bigfoot and he was like that's what i'm wondering
0: but bigfoot i don't know Bigfoot. we'll get into it in like a couple episodes but i don't know if bigfoot would do that or not
1: i have really mixed feelings about bigfoot
0: it's a complicated
1: relationship i have with bigfoot
0: yeah (laughs) or even like maybe not even as like a bad thing maybe this bigfoot was like He's not being taken care of properly, so I'm gonna...
1: Oh, I like ...take that care better. of him,
0: and then something bad happened.
1: I like that one better. In the woods.
0: Yeah, let's go Because, you
1: know, animals... I just watched a video where this, um, like, a lion or, you know, a big predator took in a baby deer because its mother wasn't there, and it, like, raised it they- as its own baby. Most <laughs> animals can sense when things are vulnerable either to attack or protect.
0: Yeah, they have empathy.
1: To some extent is it empathy or is it strategic <laughs> strategic um situational awareness
0: let's oh, go cool with empathy makes me okay
1: happier. okay i'm with you <laughs> should i go on mine to my case now um this case takes place a little bit earlier than um jared's dennis lloyd martin at the time, he was six years old. We're going back to Friday, June 13th, 1969. Friday the 13th? Oh, f- f- I hate that. Why? <laughs> Actually, nothing happens. But you're probably not supposed to start a journey on Friday the 13th. You're really not supposed to. Ah, shenanigans. <laughs> okay, cool.
0: <laughs> Flashback
1: to our 13th episode. Go check it out. Shameless plug. <laughs> uh okay so in the great smoky mountains i'm gonna sort of give like a brief sort of overview of the area because i'm not super familiar with it however there is something that you should know which is that there's a place in the great smoky mountains called spencesfield which is at the border of north carolina and tennessee Have you ever heard of the Appalachian Trail? Yeah. So the Appalachian Trail has a path that runs right through Spencefield. Okay. Mm -hmm. We have Dennis, who is six. Also, apparently, he went by Denny. That was his nickname. Uh Also, here was his brother, Douglas, who is nine. His father, William, who went by Bill. And his grandfather, Clyde. So it was sort of a family tradition that the men of the family, when they became of age, they'd go on this hike that they... Always went on every year for years and years and years before. The hike would take them a couple days in, yeah, to get to their destination. And um, the thought is that other family members would meet them at the end destination. So that's where they'd all do their family tradition things. I'm not sure what they did there, but I think the main thing was just the hike, really.
0: Okay. Yeah. And they took a six-year-old and a nine-year-old on this multi-day hike?
1: Yeah. So this was oh. this was Dennis's first time going on this hike, I think.
0: The men that are yeah, of age? Yes. Six years old? Okay. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's alleged that the family tradition dates all the way back to where the men of the family would go to hunt the land before it became a national park. So some state that this land originally sort of either belonged to or was just hunted by um, the Martin family. just wanted to go in a little bit of detail about Dennis himself. So he was born on June 20th, which the reason that he was able to go on this hike is because he was just about to have his another birthday, which I believe in that case he would be seven. And he actually did have... A few more siblings so he had a younger sister named sarah and another brother excuse me another younger brother named michael they were too young and sarah was not invited
0: because she was a lady because <laughs>
1: she's not one of the men mm-hmm. <laughs> yes okay
0: um i see how it is
1: yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> and um his father bill and his wife violet were pretty well known and respected in the community so the whole family i think was pretty well known which is why some of the things that follow later in the case happened to the extent that they did because everyone knew them really okay um so dennis was considered special needs to some degree in the sense that he had an intellectual delay of about six months at this point
0: he's also only six years old
1: so true mm-hmm. honestly he was also small for his age so he was only about 55 pounds which seems very light.
0: This just seeming like a worse and worse idea as you keep talking.
1: It will. <laughs> just wait. <laughs> I don't know if he loved camping in the outdoors just because he knew that it was a family tradition or if he just genuinely, it was just in his spirit, you know? Okay. So even though he had, quote unquote, an adventure spirit, he was not known to go off on his own. Like, kids will run ahead because they get excited, but He wasn't known to just keep going without caring where (laughs) where he is in regards to the rest of his party okay okay so i'm gonna go over this sort of by date order or by a timeline order i guess so night one his grandfather clyde on their way to their first checkpoint because they like i said they can't make it to their final destination in one night so they have to i think it takes them two days to get there this is night one So they just happened to find, walking on the same trail, a father and his two sons. So the father's name just so happened to be Carter Martin. Really? Same last name, but apparently there's no relation. Weird. Right? People say that they might have been distant cousins, but no one really knows. So (laughs) we're going to consider them unrelated. All right. Carter Martin. Clyde really liked him and his two sons. Clyde' grandfather, by the way, again. Right. Okay. So he ends up inviting them to spend the night with him and his party of four in the Russell Field Shelter. I've also seen it called that. It's called the Russell Field Spence Field Loft. Okay. But I don't know. So morning two, which is going to be June fourteenth, the whole group um, then starts to make the trek into Spence Field. Once they actually make it to Spencefield, the four kids, right? So there's um, Dennis, his brother Douglas, and then Carter Martin's two children. And I think that the two Carter Martin's two children were a little bit older than Douglas. Okay. Not not by much, but definitely closer to age to Douglas than to Dennis. Okay. So the four of them decide to p- play a prank on the adults. So they're a little bit ahead of the group by now. And they decide that they're going to hide in the tree line to jump out and scare the adults. It ends up happening that the eldest three go one way and Dennis goes the opposite way. Seems so, like a weird choice. I know. I'm not sure if it's... It doesn't. It's not believed that it was that the three older kids thought that he was stinky and wanted him to go away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it seems to be more likely that Dennis had on a bright red shirt... And the older kids thought that he'd be too easily spotted if he hid with everyone else. Right. So okay. they were all going to jump out at the same time and Dennis was just going to hide. And I don't know if it was a thicker brush or if it was just slightly further away from the other boys. This reportedly took only like a matter of seconds. And um, his father, Bill, said that he was able to keep an eye on Dennis the whole time. So the kids thought they were getting away with something super great. Mm-hmm. The adults knew it was happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they just essentially act they acted surprised when they jumped out and it, it seems like the first three got out and jumped out and surprised and then after they finished laughing oh you got us, they realized that Dennis never jumped out with the other boys or at all and that now no one knew where he was. Oh. So Bill went and checked where he was seen, where he saw him hide. He was not there, and it seems that immediately afterwards, Bill just dead sprinted down the Appalachian Trail, which was, according to the research, (laughs) it appears that where Dennis was hiding was very close to the Appalachian Trail, and Bill just, when he realized he wasn't in the area, he just started sprinting down the trail, um, and Clyde ended up making the trek, which by this point had taken them, Pretty much two days, because this was about four thirty when this whole thing happened. Right. And they started midday, I think, on Friday.
0: So they were kind of pretty close to their destination. Yeah. Okay.
1: Clyde had a nine-mile hike to the nearest ranger station, which was near Cades Code. So he didn't quite go back. Okay. So Spences Field is roughly four thousand feet above Cades Code. It took Clyde about four hours to get to the ranger station. Okay. The estimate is that um, they realized that Dennis wasn't there between four and four thirty, and Clyde started walking pretty much immediately. So it was about eight thirty when he arrived to raise the alarm.
0: I was gonna be like, oh, they didn't have service then, and then I realized it's, it's 1969.
1: like nineteen sixty nine. And it, this whole time, Bill has just been running up and down the trails, yelling for Dennis. I think the whole, I think the rest of the family too is probably also helping because I can't imagine that the other Martins would just be like, well, see ya. <laughs> so I only saw this in two places. While Bill was running approximately two miles <laughs> to try and find Dennis, he ran into a quote unquote park naturalist couple who was walking up the same way that they had come. So the same way that the group came. I'm not sure what a park naturalist couple is.
0: Hippie?
1: That's what I'm guessing. Because it's not nudist. It would have said nudist if that's what it was. (laughs) (laughs) So when Bill couldn't find him going forward, he turned around and came back, right? Naturally. Mm -hmm. And this couple was coming up the way that they had came. And they did not see Dennis. Or any other child. Or hear any other child. Or any noises. So Dennis did not go back that way. No. It's not believed that it's not believed okay so now we have the night of june 14th search parties were dispatched pretty quickly and while they were searching an unexpected severe rainstorm hit weird funny in it huh. <laughs> and it was so bad that it actually caused some flooding which meant that they it cut off paths that they needed to go to search and they weren't able to get vehicles over there or gear or nothing. So they didn't get to search very much. And then on top of that, the temperature dropped to 50 degrees Fahrenheit and about two to three inches of rain fell between 9 and 12 PM.
0: Okay. So (laughs) a a snow, a a brainstorm. A little
1: bit. Yeah. So the next morning, this is where records start being broken because this is reportedly the largest search like ever in a national park <laughs> like ever um, like since even. I think so. Oh wow. It's estimated that at this point in time there was 1400 people involved in searching for Dennis at this point which is the next morning which includes the military, search and rescue people from four different states. The rangers, public officers, experienced personnel from the forest, so you know, experienced campers, hikers, whatever, and other volunteers. Wow! In addition to this, eventually there's going to be a separate search by the military volunteers, of, um, the National Guard, and 40 to 60 green berets from the armed special, excuse me, from Army Special Forces.
0: Okay, so extensive.
1: Extensive, which is odd. Not that there shouldn't be. But if there's this much for Dennis, why wasn't there that much for Jared? Yeah. You know? Weird. So they also called in search dogs at this time and specialty searchers. So day five, which is going to be June 17th, it becomes apparent at this point that everyone is overwhelmed. There's so many people there. There's so many volunteers that it became super unorganized and people just started trampling over everything and it just became not helpful to the case at all Mm -hmm. so not only it was this area that they actually were searching pretty difficult to navigate just because it's so thick it's just so dense there a group of the green berets ended up i don't know if it was that they got lost or they got stuck or what happened but they it's reported that they ended up having to stay out for a night and they ended up cooking a rattlesnake because they ran out of food
0: oh wow (laughs) cooking a rattlesnake I don't
1: think that's a very good idea, but... That can't taste good. I don't know. (laughs) That can't be very filling either. I wouldn't think so. No. Or fun to do. No. Yeah, no. Also on day five, there's a trail near um, the West Prong, and they discovered some footprints. So these footprints were only wearing one shoe, and for some reason, they thought that the shoe that was actually being worn was a type called Oxford, Foot size was about right for Dennis.
0: Was the shoe right? Like, is the type of shoe he would be wearing?
1: I don't think so.
0: Isn't an Oxford shoe kind of like a business casual type of
1: shoe? Not really a hiking
0: shoe?
1: Right? (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like it would be. (sighs) These prints ended up being dismissed in the end, and it's sort of suggested that they may have been made by Boy Scouts who also decided that they were going to help search for Dennis. Right. Because, apparently, Oxford shoes were part of the Boy Scouts' dress code.
0: Oh, that checks out. <laughs> Why was there only one, though?
1: Well, that's it. Why do you have a Boy Scout searching with one shoe on?
0: Unless Dennis found a shoe and after he lost his shoes, somehow.
1: Possible. But then who's the boy with the missing shoe?
0: Yeah. No, that's <laughs> weird.
1: This is just so awful. <laughs> so, the next day, on June 18th, This is day six. Um, They brought in more specialized dogs, and it's, I believe, at this point that the FBI became involved in the search. So I've heard different reports about this. I've heard that number one, they only get involved in serious matters or ones that are suspicious or if they involve kids. Mm -hmm. And then I've heard that number two, they will get involved in any matter regarding a national forest because a national forest falls on FBI legislation, excuse me, federal legislation. Right. So they need a federal body to investigate. Okay. So I don't know which one is the most true to follow.
0: Okay. This case yeah. is confusing. Well, it's also like 70 years ago. True. 50 years ago. A few years ago. It was a, a while, little ago. Little <laughs> while ago.
1: A little while ago. Ah. It's at this point that Agent Jim Reich is appointed as the agent in charge. So also by these last few days, it's still been raining really heavily. At this point, they decided to bring in loads of gravel so that they were able to actually traverse the places that had been flooded and they could get vehicles across with more supplies and all that stuff. Right. And at this time, there's a man named Dwight McCarter, who was 24. He, at the time, was considered an expert tracker... He thought that at this point, he could tell that things were going really downhill even though he wasn't part of the actual team. So Dwight McCarter kind of comes into play later because David Politis will interview him as a, a much older adult. It's thought that also on day six, his mom joined the search to look for him. So the first time that they brought dogs in, which was on the day six, they didn't come up with anything. So on June 24th, which would have been day twelve. They brought them back, um, and this also resulted in nothing at all, which, are we surprised?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, it's weird, but it makes sense for the way that the cases work. But mm-hmm. it's weird that they wouldn't have found his scent when they know exactly where he was, right? Yeah,
1: exactly. Okay, so here's some other facts that happened on this sort of weak it was reported that there were two pretty severe injuries one man fell and broke his arm and one man shot himself in the leg Ouch. i don't know how why did he i don't know <laughs> also on this day there was a lot of heartache because there was another boy who was in that area and i don't i don't think the boy was searching he was just with his family like big you know camping away
0: mm-hmm.
1: and he was dressed similarly so in some type of red shirt Oh. and yeah the searchers thought that they found dennis um so when the family came forward that was pretty devastating
0: oh that would be so heartbreaking
1: and then the other thing that happened was they found two animal carcasses but at the time they didn't know so they thought maybe it was dennis because it was about the same size yeah so gosh this is a, yeah. this is a
0: roller coaster of emotions this is a rough time
1: going a really rough time On the 25th, the family went home and left the searching for the authorities.
0: That would be, like, such a hard decision to make.
1: Especially, like, I can understand because, like, the day before, they just had the two heartaches of people being like, it's your son! No, it's not. Yeah. No, he's dead. No, no, not him either. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Like, gosh. And by that point, what's that, two weeks? Twelve days, which is almost two weeks. I feel like while this search did go on for a while it also feels like it didn't go on for very long at all on the 17th which was june 29th the searchers started to lose hope and i think by this time they probably realized that um, having so many people really ruined any chance of them actually finding some good clues as to what happened to dennis yeah so they discussed a lack of evidence to support a kidnapping that they wanted to call off the searching, leaving only three of the best rangers to continue with, again, if any volunteers wanted to go. So that's calling off, like, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> they also brought into question, which I think this might have been brought in by Bill, <laughs> um, if they should try and use Sears to help find Dennis. Like, um... Psychics? Yes, they called them steers in the document, but yeah, psychics.
0: I think that happens quite a bit with some of these cases. Mm -hmm.
1: Bill really believed in this too. He really, I think he really fought for it. Okay. Yeah, they didn't. I don't believe. (laughs) But so at the end of this day, the major search efforts were called off, and they left the three top rangers with whatever volunteers wanted to stay, and they ended up continuing to search until into September. So, by that time, they had an estimated 13,000 man hours and 200 flight hours in the search. And it also cost about $70,000. In
0: 1969?
1: Yeah. Well... It was called... So, it started on June 15th, and it was called off September 11th, 1969. So, three months.
0: As opposed to the week they searched for Jared? Okay.
1: Yeah. Alright. They did call off the big search, though, after three weeks it comes out later comes out on july 21st (laughs) there's a man called harold key harold is a pretty reputable guy also he's a war veteran and a highway engineer at this time he and his family were in an area called sea branch which is this in another area in the smoky mountains his family were walking through the forest when they heard a scream and it's been described as, I've heard it described as a really, like, a blood-curdling scream, and then also, like, a child scream. So I don't know if it's a man scream or a child scream. They heard a scream.
0: Creepy?
1: Yeah. <laughs> a creepy scream. I w- and then, oh, yeah, what?
0: Sorry. I'm just, I, um, don't bobcats and foxes sound yeah. like.
1: Like, um, high-pitched screams. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Okay. I imagine, though, if we spend any time outdoors, you'd be able to tell the difference. I don't know, though.
1: I'm not sure how much of an outdoorsy family these guys were, actually. So, following the scream, they decided to keep walking, as one does, and one of his sons, I think probably yelled a little bit and, like, pointed, saying that he sees a bear. Mr. Key saw it, and he thought that it looked a lot more... Like a man with a suit, possibly carrying something over his shoulder. Suit? Not excuse me. Like a like a um, like a bear skin suit. Like a hide? Or like a Bigfoot? <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Okay. It's interesting because Martin family they didn't actually find out about this from the police. They literally found out about this from the media. <laughs> Even though Mr. Key went to the police before this time.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: The, it was almost. So I think Bill said that it was literally felt like the police were trying to keep him from ever knowing that this happened with Mr. Key. Weird. Really suspicious. So the direct quote from Mr. Key in the um, media article is, We heard a terrible scream. We walked about 200 yards and my son said they could see a bear. But it wasn't a bear. It was a man hiding in some bushes. He was definitely avoiding us. So (laughs) at this time, Mr. Key didn't think very much of it because... He kind of thought that this was probably just a man trying to bring a liquor into the state. Okay. Like a, a liquor runner. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. It's a weird
0: conclusion to draw. That's not where my yeah. mind would immediately go. No, me go. neither. Maybe it's a different time. I don't know.
1: It's true. <laughs> so this, I don't know how true it is, but reportedly, Mr. Keith followed the man. I don't know why he would. <laughs> Seems safe with your family. Um, And then he found a scrap of paper that the man had dropped with a a map that was hand-drawn. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. The map will come into play a little bit later, I think. Mr. Key, he's pretty sure that this happened between 4 and 5 p.m. And Dennis disappeared around 4.30. So the authorities didn't really want to look into it or give it much credit because they didn't think that it'd be possible for anyone to get from where the Martins were in Spence's Field, to where the Keys were in um, C Branch. Well, it actually only takes about 90 minutes to walk there. Oh. So if it happened that Dennis disappeared at about four, and Mr. Key was off by about half an hour, Mm -hmm. it would make sense. And also, if this person was like sprinting,
0: or if this person is is a is a bigfoot
1: big with big muscles that can go fast, <laughs> or that yeah. or
0: if there's portals in the woods,
1: also true, mm-hmm. also true.
0: The cave systems underneath the national parks might be speedier. Like we were talking oh about my earlier, gosh, right? I didn't
1: even think about that. Ooh, could you imagine? Because it's about. Approx. It's seven to nine miles on foot, but about five miles as the crow flies mm. between where the two were.
0: So there was like a direct
1: tunnel. Yeah, spooky. Oh gosh. So the story kind of ends with Dennis was never found. They never found anything. I do want to say so Ranger Dwight, who was Dwight MacArthur, <laughs> <laughs> um, on July third, he did walk along the r- the West Prong trail with a group of searchers and they were all um, experienced and they were pretty sure that they smelled death and if you listen to true crime you will hear people say that human death smells different than animal death
0: i hope i never find that out firsthand. me, me
1: too so dwight was a good man he is a good man and he called it in right away and he was told by the authorities that they'd already searched that spot and that it was probably a dead crow <laughs> Hmm. Even though they were, they were all like, "No, it's not an animal. It's not an animal."
0: Especially a small animal like a crow. Why would you I go mean, honestly,
1: that? why? So the suspected smell apparently came from the same area, approximately, where the shoe and the footprint were found. Not the shoe, the actual shoe, but the mm-hmm. one shoe on, one shoe off were found. Hmm. Scary. So eventually, Bill ended up talking to Mr. Keys and. I feel like there's a couple stories of what Mister Key saw. So if you look at some like sketches that other people have done based on different, um, what's the word with an S? Different statements. Statements. Thank wow. you. <laughs> based on different statements, there seems to be one where the man is carrying like a sack over his shoulder, and another where he just has a pelt on, and another where he's just a sketchy-looking man okay. <laughs> with long hair. Hmm. So. This story, David Politis put in his book in 2012.
0: This is a pretty popular
1: or well-known case. Yeah. In David Politis' book, (laughs) Bill and a National Parks serviceman ended up hiking from where Dennis was taken to where Mr. Keyes saw this figure at Rowan's Creek. Like I said, it took approximately 90 minutes, which the authorities said, no, it's not possible at all. Bill also says that the agent in charge might have taken his own life. Jim Reich. Oh. Though it's not known that there's any correlation, and apparently he did pass to a... a, Jim Reich did pass away due to himself. Okay. Yeah.
0: So he did take his own life. He took his own life. Okay.
1: Yeah. Dwight McCarter, the ranger, he stayed near the mountains. He also agreed that it would be completely possible for a normal man to carry a child the distance Dennis was taken. He also suggests that... He himself says that it's possible the scream might have been Dennis, but it seems like other people's, like, officials think that it would have had to have been more, there was more power behind the scream, because he's a six-year-old boy that's 55 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how loud he can really be. So they think that the scream was made by the men, which is much creepier than if the child was screaming, first of all.
0: Yeah, like, what happened?
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, another interesting thing, the Green Berets, the Army Special Forces that was called in, initially he thought that they actually came to search with weapons. Like, I've, actual, yeah, yeah, this part, you remember? I've heard reports of that. Mm-hmm. And he, everyone thought that they were actually coming to help the real search, but they seemed to have their own agenda. They didn't report anything to the other authorities, like Jim Reich, and they didn't take, it doesn't seem like they took part in a lot of the other... Uh, What is said, essentially, is that they acted on their own. (laughs) They were the military.
0: I wonder if they know something that we don't
1: know. That's what I think, to be honest with you. (laughs) So this other thing, Mr. McCarter, being a ranger in this area, he knows and states that there are wild men in the park. They're hairy, they're stinky, and sometimes they wear animal skins and they survive off the land. He also, following that statement, says that he's only aware of one wild man in the park. At the time and he he didn't live anywhere near where this stuff would have happened and he states that the wild men are human not a hybrid or bigfoot or anything they're just humans that decided to live off the land
0: okay i have yeah. heard of this i think it would make sense that there would be people living in the parks you know i mean people live so everywhere too. right
1: yeah there's a misconception because somehow and somewhere along the line I think it was some, I don't know if it was another ranger or just another person or a searcher. I don't know. Someone said that there's a group of wild men that live in this forest and that they're very aggressive and that they come out at night to steal livestock and hunt prey and that they also attacked a ranger at some point a couple months before this and that following that, the rangers had to come out with weapons, like carry weapons on them. Mr. McCarter did not confirm this.
0: There is the idea that I've heard, Mm -hmm. especially recently, that there are people, like Mm -hmm. you said, living in national parks. Mm -hmm. But some of them, not all of them, I think there were like two separate groups. There's just people who like to live off the land in the the national parks. And then there's the people who were raised there and Mm -hmm. are not part of society and are...
1: A little bit different
0: from other societal norms. Yeah, like possibly... Feral people who are also, like, maybe cannibals. cannibals. <laughs> Glad you know where I was going with that.
1: I could feel it in my bones. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. Apparently, some people believe that there are, uh, that they have heard human screams and calls while they are deep in the forest, and there's a theory that they could maybe take children to join their group.
1: Oh, to so that one's nicer. Okay.
0: Yeah. I not like to, like, amount. eat them or anything, but maybe to eat. Nope. No, they wouldn't take a six-year-old child and eat
1: them. You would take them you'd to... You'd rather... You'd take the adult. Yeah. <laughs> if anything, I'd be like. But. Yeah.
0: Um, the theory goes that they could use the cave systems below
1: national parks to kind of get a- around. Mm. Which would make sense. So, it's said that for the Hawaiian Littlefoot, they will, like, chatter. It's not... It's not words. Like... If you're listening to it, you can't make out actual words, but it sounds very similar to human noises.
0: The menehune.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, so it could be like that, like, not quite human speech, but mm-hmm. similar.
1: Or, like, English speech. Yeah. <laughs> but it's derived from it, or mimicked from it, or...
0: Yeah. Yeah. I will have a lot more about weird, weird
1: I'm so ready. S-
0: language-like sounds in the next Excellent.
1: episode.
0: Stick around, folks. It's going to get wild. <laughs> so, this guy, he was walking around carrying a sack over his shoulder.
1: Reportedly.
0: Reportedly. According to a family of witnesses.
1: Mm-hmm. Although the, the kids do state that it was a bear. Yeah. But I
0: think that if a kid saw like a guy wearing fur... They wouldn't really know.
1: That's kind of what I think, too. Yeah. Because it's so out of the norm. Like,
0: Whereas an adult would be able to be like, oh,
1: that's, that's weird, not but I know what's happening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's been suggested that the FBI refuse to release these case files. Oh, they also refuse to acknowledge that it may have been an abduction. Without proof of a kidnapping, they refuse to open an investigation. They're just really dropping what? the ball here. They're just awful. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know what? Yeah, I I support that. You're right.
1: Yeah. And yeah, that's sort of where Dennis' story ends. Unfortunately, Mr. Key passed away in 2010.
0: Okay. Well, it's weird to me that like with the Jared Atadero case, they were so hesitant to put out like a Anything. Anything. I don't think Amber alerts existed back then, but like they didn't
1: Red Alert. They didn't community think, Yeah. <laughs>
0: Their minds didn't go right to kidnapping, which is where mine mind would go when a child goes missing, completely well, like, without a trace, right?
1: I feel like where else would it go?
0: Yeah, it's like either there's foul play involved or the child should be in the area and if they're not, then they were taken somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. What else is there unless they know about the people living in the national forest and they don't want to mess with them? So
1: see Say the it. Green Berets, yeah. right? Some suspect. That they may have, because this Dennis Martin case got so much attention, people might have started questioning if there were feral people living in the woods. Right. So the Green Berets, armed with their machine guns, may have been brought in to eliminate them. Oh. Yeah. Oh goodness. Which is I why know. they got they went so far and so deep into the forest. They had to cook a rattlesnake. Right. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. Okay suspicious that's creepy yeah wow i am so scared that's not even
0: your scary case i'm freaked out okay Mm -hmm. should i get into my
1: please yes
0: so this one has a happy ending it also does not have a whole lot of information because this happened in 1952
1: Ooh. so this is older than everyone All, all the cases so far yeah okay
0: this is the case of keith parkins So, Keith was a two-year-old who went missing on a cattle ranch in Ritter, Oregon, on April 10th, 1952, and this is near the Umatilla National Forest. So, he and his parents, Edna and Alan, and his two older brothers were visiting their, I think it was their maternal grandparents. Mm. It was still pretty cold in the area. It's April, right? There's still a bit of snow on the ground. Keith and his brothers were playing by a barn kind of I think on the edge of the property when the boys were called in for lunch but
1: Mm. they left
0: Keith behind and got distracted with the food I guess. Well that's mean. (laughs) (laughs) When their mother realized that Keith wasn't there with them they went back to look for him and he was not there. He was not at the barn he was nowhere around the barn nowhere to be found at all pretty quickly afterwards, search and rescue began looking for him. I don't have specific times or anything because this happened in 1952. Yeah. But they did find that night, they found footprints about three miles away from where Keith was last seen, but they didn't lead anywhere. And Mm. I couldn't find any um, clarification whether or not they were for sure Keith's footprints. Like okay. whether they were two year olds or adults. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. That's so far away. Three miles away.
0: Mm-hmm. I also don't know exactly what type of shoes he was wearing. Like if he if he was wearing winter
1: mm-hmm. boots, but
0: he's a little baby. Mm-hmm. But this is so, so small. <laughs> <laughs> can he even walk at that yes. But I not think well. so
1: probably not well.
0: No. Like he can toddle. Because he's a toddler, but he can not probably
1: like, sprint better than he can walk. Yeah. Sprint is not you know, when you're falling over sometimes. Yeah. And you just do that real quick thing before you fall. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so the next day at around
0: 7 a.m., which was 19 hours after Oof. he disappeared, they found Keith lying face down in the snow and he was around 12 miles away from where he <sighs> was left or where they left him. 12 miles away, and I think that was, like, as as the crow flies, like, a straight line.
1: So it was probably further to actually get there.
0: Yeah. So if you think about it, you got the middle point, which is where the barn was, where he was last seen, mm. and then you go kind of up diagonally to the north. Okay. North, northeast, I think it was. I don't know. I'm making these things up, but I'm just At trying worst. to paint a picture. Yeah, yeah, I just got an idea. Okay. <laughs> um, three miles away and then he kind of goes almost st- straight across i think okay 12 miles the other way to the west
1: oh my gosh yeah so, so far so he didn't walk essentially he's two and it's only 19 hours that's 19 a very long hours. time but like can anyone walk that far in 19 hours yes Okay. we can not but a we're toddler not toddlers in this true room. right
0: and on like a hill it's not flat terrain it's like the wilderness right right yeah so keith yeah he was lying face down in the snow that's bad they panic of course something bad has happened obviously he's not wearing his hat and his (sighs) coat is beside him Ooh. and he's alive like he's okay oh thank gosh (laughs) (laughs) he wasn't in great condition obviously he had spent the night 19 hours in the cold in the snow he had a scratched face and his clothes were ripped, mm. probably because, like you said, he was probably like falling. sprinting and falling, like a like a little toddler does. Yeah. yeah. Aww. So he did go to a hospital and he did make a full recovery. And I think Yay. that he is as an adult man now, mm-hmm. older gentleman. I think he's in the Missing Four One One documentary. Missing Four One. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So. So, he's, like, okay. Like, yeah. Like, he, he, like, was... This didn't ruin his life. He, no. He survived a really long time.
1: Somehow... A really long time? Are you calling
0: him old? <laughs> no, I mean, 1952. <laughs> um, he does recall vaguely being scratched by a cat, but if... I think if, if it were a mountain lion, it would be more than a scratch. I feel like,
1: yeah, you wouldn't just say it was a cat...
0: Yeah, and um, I think it would be pretty easily easy to get your memories mixed up. Like, if you were scratched by a cat the day before when you're two, it might be the same yeah. memory in your mind. Yeah. I also think that it would be weird for a cat to dr- take him that far. Agreed. Without him being able to communicate that, that was, that's what happened.
1: Or even remembering.
0: Yeah. Like, theoretically, he could have wandered... Between the hours of lunchtime and the nighttime when they found his footprints, he could have wandered three miles away. Right. Thinking that he was headed home because he got turned around. But it doesn't explain how he ended up going, completely turning around and going the opposite direction 12 miles in the snow, in the wild terrain.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. And I think Keith realizes that because he did get interviewed for this mm-hmm. documentary and
1: like i think that's yes. really awesome that he's not like ashamed of it and like he's open about saying i don't really remember yeah <laughs> i was due <two. laughs>
0: yeah because i mean what could you remember from then right
1: i don't think i remember anything from being younger than like seven
0: yeah <laughs> I don't. <remember. laughs> to be honest <laughs> so i kind of think that maybe possibly perhaps an adult person might have carried him there. Mm-hmm. But I don't understand why they would have <laughs> why they would have left him. Why he would...
1: Why they would take his jacket and hat off and leave them there. Not on him, but beside him.
0: Yeah, and it's weird that he was lying face down, because I think that if, even if you fell, and then you were like, I'm not getting up, you just would roll over, wouldn't you?
1: I don't know if kids have that instinct, though. Well, how, how old are babies when you teach them to swim because i feel like they're oh do you know the answer
0: okay i've seen videos of like newborn babies swimming (laughs)
1: like baby
0: babies like before they can walk
1: oh okay so never mind then my theory (laughs) doesn't have any validity i was gonna say like because in the videos right you see them like pushing the baby under and then like snapping above the water (laughs) do you (laughs) you do look up watch a video that's what they do but they make like audible noise to get the baby to like react okay does that work the same way if you fall face first into like a -hmm. pillow because babies will put their i always put my face in a pillow it's a bad thing it is i also would cover my entire face with blankets so Mm -hmm. i didn't understand needing to breathe Took a long time.
0: That's true. He can't have been there very long, though.
1: To still be alive?
0: And have no, like, frostbite or anything on his face. Or his hands. I wonder like, how they they not get frostbite?
1: True, though. I wonder how they found him. Did they just stumble across him? Well, they all were
0: looking for him, and I think it might have been his father who saw, like, his clothes and then saw him.
1: Oh my gosh. I
0: don't That's... think it was a straight oh. shot, either. I think he was kind of wandering. They could tell that he had been wandering, mm-hmm. you know? It is weird though that he's up in the in like the snow, and he doesn't have any physical signs of being outside in the cold mm-hmm. for nineteen hours. Agreed. Like I think at that point you would get how long? How cold does it need to be to get frostbite?
1: Not very, I don't think.
0: No, especially if it's like a prolonged exposure, right? Yeah. Especially if you're like wet from the snow melting on <laughs> your skin and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. That one's weird, that one and I have no weird. explanation for it.
1: No. No. See, this is why I think that the human brain is just weird. Mm-hmm. Because if no one was... Like, if no one took him, because why would someone bring him back if they took him once already?
0: Yeah. I wonder. Just a theory. Yeah. What if there's portals in See, the wilderness?
1: Yeah, okay. That is the only other logical explanation apart from mind control. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yes They he like wandered three miles away and then they found his footprints and then he got taken plopped down over here in the middle of the snow
1: that's what some people say is another i don't think that david politis says this but some people speculate that another um thing found in missing person cases is that there'll be a series of footprints that just stop and the person's not there and there's no explanation as to why there's no more footprints it's creepy yeah
0: i wonder if that's what the mental sounds are
1: A portal opening? Oh Oh my gosh. Why is life so scary?
0: Spooky. Okay, I am very excited for the last one here.
1: Okay, I'm really nervous because I know that you're going to get freaked out and then I'm going to get more freaked out because you're freaked out. Gracious. So this case is, I think, the newest the okay. latest of all of the ones we covered so far happened in October 1st, on October 1st, 2010. So we're going to call this this little boy John Doe, because for whatever reason, the family didn't want to be identified. They wanted to stay anonymous, and David Politis respected that, so we will too. Okay, so we have a family of four. We have two parents, a little boy who's three and a half, and a little girl who is... We don't know her age, but she's older than the boy. So we're talking about the boy. So this is in California um, on Mount Chasta. So Mount Chasta is considered part of the Cascade Ridge, which if you are obsessed with Bigfoot, (laughs) some Bigfoot sightings happen along the Appalachian Trail and the uh, Cascade Ridge, along with everywhere else. But that's just fun fact. (laughs) So the Cascade Range, uh, it runs through the bottom sort of tip of British Columbia, Washington, or Oregon, and the top tip of California. Mount Shasta is called currently a potentially active volcano. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that that means that it's not dead, but it's more than dormant. Because if it was dormant, then they just call it a dormant volcano, right? Mm-hmm. So there has to be some seismic activity. But still safe for everyone to go there um it's got a snowy peak which means that you can do snow sports up there okay lots of camping outdoor stuff it's a great place for outdoor stuff apparently (laughs) um so on october 1st at around five or six in the evening oh my gosh this is so scary okay (laughs) the two kids were I'm pretty sure that the fam- the whole family was probably pretty close to each other, but the parents were just a little bit further away. And I don't know if the kids were sort of sitting together around a fire or sitting apart around a fire or, like, a table or, like, where they were sitting, but they were outside.
0: So they were just hanging out? They yeah, just actively? chilling.
1: No. Okay. The, s- the sister says that she was just looking at him, and then she looked away for a moment and looked back, and he was not there. So she thought that he she didn't think anything, she didn't hear anything, so she just thought he saw probably saw something maybe and didn't go very far, so she got up and looked for him, and pretty soon she realized that she couldn't find him. I don't think that it was very long before she brought in, like, where she- before she told their parents, and then their parents immediately started looking for him. I don't know how far, like, how long between when this happened and when the authorities were notified. Because I haven't seen this case in very many places. And it's tough because they wanted to be anonymous, right? Right. So I've heard that it's possibly either shortly after they realize they can't find him, which might be like within an hour, to they search for a few hours and then contacted the authorities. So I'm not sure.
0: <laughs> I wonder... Because if I think about it, it would take me 5 minutes to contact the authorities cuz like I wouldn't know where to search. Well, Even true. If it was like an adult person. Like how where where do you search for that? Mm-hmm. Like do you look under trays and stuff or do you just wander around calling their names?
1: And by this point there were cell phones. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know ex- how well cell service is in this area, but mm-hmm. <laughs> if you can get service, you can call like that.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't know. The authorities didn't waste any time, which is a good thing they brought in hundreds quote-unquote of searchers and after about five hours of searching he's found in what they described as a thicket so a super dense area of brush and trees and this thicket was right off the trail that they had searched multiple times
0: but they didn't hear him or anything no weird so
1: it said that he was literally so close that we're, had you been walking up the trail you would have seen him He was, like, right there, just in the bush, Hmm. or on the bush. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So, no one knows why they didn't find him the handful of times they'd already walked up there. Um, And when they found him, he was fine. Well, uh, (laughs) he'd been missing for five hours, so he was a little bit out of it, but he... And I think they said slow to response, but he was okay. So... They took him immediately to the hospital, got him checked out. They said that he was just a little shaken and he was okay. And they were able to take him back home. It seems to be that um, at that time, no one questioned why he was found there. Yeah, they don't know why he was found there. They didn't, no one questioned it. Everyone's just so happy. But I think that it's probably um, assumed or uh, accepted that he arrived there after they had searched it,
0: right? Obviously. He wasn't there the entire time. No,
1: you should have taken this case. This is like too much. I'm <laughs> spooked. It gets worse. Prepare yourselves. <laughs> this will give you chills. Three weeks later, um, little John was with his grandma, who he called Cappy. So her real name is Kathy. Cap- so and we I know think, her name. Yeah, her real name is Kathy. Mm. I think he probably called her Cappy because Kathy is a tough name. So I think that it's the two of them were just playing, enjoying time. He'd been home for three weeks. He was fine. And he all of a sudden, while they're playing, says, I don't like the other Cappy. I'm not going to look at you. (laughs) I'm going to. I'm I'm looking at my notes, Tash. (laughs) Cappy, I don't know if she was trying to be like, what do you mean, silly? Or if she was genuinely like, what? (laughs) Other Cappy. But she asks him. Mm Mm-hmm. He then tells her the story that when they were camping, when he was camping with his family, Cappy appeared in the bush and waved at him. I'm still not looking at you. (laughs) Waved at him and like waved him over as a grandma would do, you know, nice, hey, come here, grandchild. (laughs) And he, so that's why he left because grandma Cappy was there. She was not there. (laughs) She was not with them. Miss Cappy leads him up this hill into this cave and he says i've heard two different reports now actually there's i've heard a couple different reports on this case so it's weird first one that i heard is that in the cave were spiders and women's purses (laughs) specifically oh no i don't know why the other report says that there also may have been weapons in the cave which is a three and a half year old going? Is, does a three and a half year old know what a weapon is? Like they're would they say there's say, guns or something? They're not
0: going to say there's weapons. It was maybe yeah. say there's knives or something. Would they
1: know what that is though? Would Would you have known what a knife is? As a three year old, I don't know yeah. if you know
0: anything. Well,
1: that's what I'm wondering. <laughs> Other than like sunshine and I hope smile. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> As he's scanning the or after he's finished, you know, looking at the cave. He turns around, Cappy's still there, but now her head is glowing, and he realized that she was, in fact, Other Cappy. So during this time, now that he's discovered this is Other Cappy, and he's still apparently not scared. (laughs) I don't know, he didn't run away. This Other Cappy started asking him questions that he couldn't answer. So the other thing that I heard was Other Cappy asked him to defecate on a piece of paper, which what? he didn't do. I don't know. That makes no sense. And I also don't know that he, would, he wouldn't He would use the word defecate.
0: I don't think he would, no.
1: And then she started asking him questions. Or, excuse me, no. She didn't ask him any questions. In this other version. <laughs> she just tells him, after repeatedly asking him to poop on this paper and him saying no. She just tells him that he had been planted in his mom's wound and is from another world. <laughs> what so i like the version better where cappy just asked questions that he couldn't answer and then she got like really mad at him and just told him to leave so he does
0: what kind of questions do we know
1: no we don't know i'm
0: so spooked.
1: (laughs) me too it gets worse like
0: riddles or is it like i'm scared
1: (laughs) i feel like it's questions like i surmise that it's questions about like his personal life like like his his family. family and stuff yeah that's just what I instantly thought of when I thought of this, because what is a three-year-old going to know? Like, nothing. They don't even go to school. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, prepare yourself, because oh, it no. gets worse. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, I am shaking. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm scared. <so> scared. <laughs> as I said, other Kathy tells him to leave. So he does. He turns, he turns around or keeps walking and leaves the cave. And then as soon as he left the cave, he was just in the thicket, where he was found pretty quickly as soon as he realized he was in the thicket okay yeah okay
0: oh my goodness my
1: heart is being so fast
0: this is scary <laughs> okay
1: so now real cappy yeah <laughs> she's pretty um unhappy with this <laughs> so in the two versions there's one version where she just thinks nothing of it really you know he's a three-year-old lots of imagination But she still talks to his dad because she's still concerned. Like, that's a pretty severe story for a child to have. Mm -hmm. And then the other story is that she became outraged and demanded to know what the family was allowing this boy to consume on TV (laughs) to come up with such a story it's at this point that the father says that he was given the same story and I think they can probably compare notes and decide that, oh yeah, no, that's the same story. So this three-year-old is has told them both now the same story. Okay. The father dismissed it pretty much because he's like, this poor child has been through trauma and he's only three years old. So trauma plus imagination <laughs> essentially is what caused that he believed. But when <laughs> when they put... T- The two and two together, they started talking, and I think their minds kind of started going a little more. I should also say that the family did believe that he just wandered off, not that anything happened to him. Mm -hmm. He just wandered off and somehow was found. Right. Yeah. Okay, so in my notes, I literally have prepared this gets scary. This gets
0: scary as if it isn't already.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so it's not known why. Cappy says this in the story, but, or in the story, in this retelling of events, but she recalls an experience that she had that she now needs to share with the father. It also happened on Mount Shasta about a year before. I don't know if it's a year to the date or whatever, but it's approximately a year before this happened. So it's either in the same or a nearby area on the mountain. Are you okay? I'm good. You sure?
0: Yeah. Dude, you good, bro?
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, um, Cappy went here to camp with um, one of her friends, who was apparently a male, and they had camped here before, this wasn't their first time camping, they camped many times in their lifetime, they weren't no- or they were novices, they weren't novices, yeah, thank you, they were not novices. <laughs> so it's now dark, they're sitting around the campfire, just enjoying the campfire and freedom, um, and Cappy notices two glowing red eyes. No. <laughs> further in the woods. No. So because they're familiar with camping, they had respect, knowing that there are like you know animals and predators in the woods. So they with got their flashlight. Eyes? Well, yeah, that's kind of scary. I don't like the glowing red eyes part, but I don't know why that didn't alarm anyone. <laughs> so they just grabbed their flashlights and like shone it, and the red eye, the eyes went away. So they were like, oh okay so they continued chilling by the fire relaxing but this actually continued throughout the night <laughs> they kept doing it and shining the flashlight at the eyes and then it would go away and then the eyes would come back how Sometime do you relax
0: later. even if you think it's an animal how i do you relax? wouldn't
1: like what why would you not leave you at go home point. Point? yeah yeah one would think <laughs> anyways <laughs> reportedly because they never saw anything more than eyes <laughs> They didn't know what was out there and, like, didn't recognize it as being, like, a bear or a wolf or whatever. Because I think it was just so far away that they didn't recognize it. Um, So they were just a little bit uneasy. But eventually, they decided that they're just psyching themselves out because it's just an animal. And they are humans. (laughs) Yeah, there's nothing dangerous. No, no, no. So they go to sleep. <laughs> um oh, no. They slept in separate spaces. So Cappy slept in a tent and her friend slept in a camper. So in the morning, Miss Cappy.
0: <laughs> he gives her the tent That's and what I was sleeps thinking. in the secure camper. like,
1: wow, okay. Rude. Thanks. <laughs> so the next morning, Cappy wakes up, probably not very well, because she's outside on the dirt face down. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. She's not in her tent? No. She wakes up. On the dirt. And the first thing that she realizes is that she's in pain. Like the back of her neck is in pain. Oh no. So oh when no. she, because as you do, when you're in pain, you touch it because you just do that as a human. So she feels something like a cut back there and maybe like a welt. So something has happened to the back of her neck. Pretty soon after, you know, a couple, I don't know, probably minutes of like (laughs) figuring out where she is, she looks over and realizes that her friend is also on the dirt outside of his camper face down. So she now tries to get up to go check on him and realizes that she is violently sick. So she has a hard time getting up and stumbles over to him at some point and checks on him. He's okay. She can see that he has either a cut or two puncture wounds on the back of his neck with, like, irritation around it. Is this a vampire? I don't know. (laughs) With the back of your neck, though. Um, But she still gets over to him. And they both, you know, compare stories and feel bad together. (laughs) And then eventually they decide that it was probably a poisonous spider that got them. And then they hallucinated and ran out of their tents and something, something.
0: Is there any spiders that poisonous I don't, in I don't the know. U.S.? I'm assuming
1: not. That specifically bites you at the back of your neck. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think so. That's weird. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. While Kathy is stating this, or while Kathy is sharing, she says that she doesn't know how it's connected, but she really feels like they have some sort of connection somehow
0: i yeah i I would say
1: yeah okay so i did not put this in my notes because i didn't i didn't think that there was any purpose for me doing that because i thought that it was like i didn't see how it connected but one of the storytellers called other cappy robot cappy metal sounds (gasps) in the woods (laughs) glowing oh (laughs) robot caves yeah, this is why I told you to hold on to the metal sounds.
0: <laughs> Are there robots, vampires? Well, see, in I the don't wood? think
1: so. But okay, so like you know how also with the Hawaiian episode,
0: mm-hmm.
1: the night marchers, right? Yeah. If you're in the way, if you have some sort of tie, an ancestral tie to someone in the procession, they might spare you. Yeah. So what if evil Cappy took samples? From the two there. And then because little John was related to Cappy or an ancestor, that's why he was let go. Like an ancestral tie.
0: Ew. And then you got the thing where she was asking him questions that he couldn't answer, like a riddle, like a fairy or something would do. Mm -hmm. Ew. Ew. No, I don't like it. (laughs) I don't like it. If the creature took a sample from Cappy... Mm-hmm. And then it could copy her. Yeah. What he thought that she would look like to this little kid.
1: But then why was he. What he. What it thought. Cappy would look like to the kid.
0: Yeah.
1: So why would it think that the kid would think that it had glow, glowing head i don't know
0: <laughs> it doesn't do it right they never do it properly right they never copy exactly
1: ew ew oh my gosh ew And ew. maybe BB was oh. asking him
0: questions so he could take 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 over her, her take life. her
1: take her space well clearly a glowing head question should have been the first one because <laughs> that gave it away <laughs> silly what if it's glow in the dark which is why it wasn't glowing in the forest. It was only glowing in the cave. Like a nightlight. <laughs>
0: <laughs> maybe that's why he like, maybe he like trusts her and she makes him feel comfortable. So he imagined
1: her as a bit of a nightlight in the dark cave. Oh, that's actually really sweet. I'm less scared now that you've said that. So don't make it worse. Okay, I won't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was scary. That was really scary. That was really hard to research. <laughs> I
0: should have taken that one. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. That's-
1: I thought I could do it because I was so brave. And then when I realized I'd have to actually say it out loud, I was like, Ooh, I'm not brave.
0: Wow. I understand why they don't want his name released. Yeah, or their names. Mm-hmm. I'm like, keep getting shivers. Yeah. I don't know if it's true, but it's scary.
1: David put it in his book.
0: So it's true enough that he's put it in his book. Mm-hmm i don't like it i wonder if he knows i'd like if he's
1: met them i feel like he must have yeah because he's a facts man yeah right i don't think he's doing this for shock and awe that was very unsettling i didn't like it at all me neither so um interesting facts about <laughs> mount shasta <laughs> it's apparently a very a sacred and b spiritual place oh yes So it's it's interesting. There's about three things here that's really interesting that's going on. First, it's said that there's um, um, a place called Telos. So the legend of Telos, Mm -hmm. which is a crystal city that's inside the mountain that's inhabited by beings called Lemurians. So this goes back to, (laughs) you know, Atlantis. Mm -hmm. So apparently Lemuria and Atlantis back in the day, had nuclear weapons and got into a thermonuclear war. And I guess Lemuria was also in the ocean because both of their continents sank. But the Lemurians were able to find higher ground in Mount Shasta, where they built this Telos, the crystal city, and have lived there very happily. There are also giants who have transcended, I think, okay so back in the day there were some reports of seven foot tall people like the men in black
0: <laughs>
1: is this an alien thing now i don't know i just had that thought <laughs> from that one video of those really tall dudes yeah who were really pale if they live in a crystal city in a mountain they have to be pale
0: Mhm. okay crystals glow
1: I would think so, but it's not the same as sun. You don't get vitamins from crystals.
0: Yeah, but like they glow, and the lady said Is that a thing? I missed
1: it. Is it? Probably. Okay. If I don't sp- think crystals glow. I'm just speaking. Some crystals glow, right? Sure. If you put enough energy into them, anything will glow. I think.
0: Oh yeah, radiation.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nowadays, though, no one talks about them. So they've either completely transcended, as I said, or something else. But some people, because the mountain sometimes has um, really interesting clouds. Like, you know when clouds look like plates? Yeah. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, saucer clouds. <laughs> some people believe that that's um, the Lemorian's haze that's been engineered to camouflage their alien ships mm. landing at the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So number two, interesting thing. (laughs) Mount Shasta is the uh, roots chakra of the whole world. Really? Yeah, and that it has an energy vortex. Okay. Yes. The last one, for some reason, there's a lot of people that just say that it calls them there. Like, it's so spiritual that it just calls them. Okay. Okay, so the last one is... um, A story from the Native Americans that resided over there Mm -hmm. because they felt or they had beliefs that this spot was the sacred center of the universe and that potentially that's where the creator came from or stayed as a home. Okay. So it's a very interesting place.
0: So it has a lot of history connected to it.
1: Yeah, so it's a really interesting mountain i don't know i would not be surprised if any of it what if oh, no. the lemurians <laughs> were other cappy he didn't say she was giant though so that would But they sense. could
0: maybe shapeshift maybe they're all
1: maybe because they've transcended they yeah. can shapeshift
0: and they just needed like a sample from her
1: mm-hmm. maybe they were scanning her maybe the glow oh, oh no <laughs> the glowing eyes <laughs> is why they thought she was glowing but they only saw her head glowing. I'm trying to. I'm trying to make myself less afraid of this. What if she to be was? Honest.
0: What if she was wearing glasses and the <gasps> light from the from the fire Shaun reflected? Back? Yeah. Off oh her my
1: glasses. gosh! It's, I think that might be it.
0: Did we just solve it? Yeah. <laughs> I think this case freaks me out because the cases that don't make any sense at all are always the scariest. Because mm-hmm. this makes no sense at all. Mm-mm. And
1: if it's true, it's the craziest thing when nothing makes sense you have nothing to comfort yourself with like oh maybe it was this or maybe no it's not that it's not that it's not that nothing logical makes sense mm-hmm. so it's either a lie which it's come from a very reputable source so i don't think that it's a lie i feel like if david didn't believe in this story he wouldn't have published it
0: yeah because he doesn't want any anybody to be questioning whether or not he's reputable right Mm -hmm. and this is crazy Mm -hmm. this is crazier than any other story
1: i'm assuming it doesn't it didn't get as much attention because the boy is safe i think he's home safe
0: i think that's part of the reason i couldn't find a lot of info on keith parkins Mm -hmm. and also because they wouldn't give out his name which i totally understand yeah i don't know where to go from here i feel so uncomfortable (laughs) that was a
1: really good story a good one to end on i think i figured if we started with it we would just be freaked out, the rest of it. So, I'd like to add in, I remember how scared we got with the Dyatlov past photos. Mm-hmm. This, for me, was worse. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think that's a good place to end it, now that everybody's freaked out. Yeah. <laughs> Next time, we <clears throat> will have a bunch of theories. So many theories, I already had them planned out oh my gosh oh we didn't even talk about the drink that you let's that's a good way to end it let's talk about oh. the drink that Mia made tonight it's called Sweet. fairies in the forest fairies in the forest
1: it's fairies with an ies though. With an
0: f-a-i-r-i-e-s yeah it was good thank you it changed colors it changed from like a dark purple to like a pink
1: it's supposed to be from a blue a dark blue to a light purple okay yeah that's what it did butterfly pea extract i've learned that you can put it in cake like, you can bake it into cake and then take a slice of, like, lemon. And then if you drizzle it on the cake, the cake should change color.
0: That sounds so fun. I
1: wanted to do it, but, like, I'm
0: not a baker. <laughs> <laughs> we will have part two coming out real soon. All right. Thank you for listening. Thank you for staying. I
1: hope you're okay after that.
0: Yeah. Take take a breath. Cuddle a stuffy, And don't go outside for a bit.
1: Honestly, if you're interested, look up The Missing 411 it's so interesting. watch there's the a documentaries. there's stuff. documentaries, they're really good actually. i think they were on amazon. i think amazon for free and youtube one is free and one you have to pay for. they're very good though. they are very good. very interesting. would recommend.
0: um we will be talking more about the second one next time because mm. i have some things to say. Ooh. it's so <laughs> interesting. it's a really good documentary. i also found that tiktok and reddit, surprisingly enough, Not very refutable sources, but they had a lot of information on them that was super interesting. So if you go into the Mm. Missing411 subreddit, you'll find some things that will blow your mind. Oh, shoot. Yeah, it's really cool. Other than that, if you would like to, if you want to, you could rate and And review us. (laughs) If you wanted to. No pressure. Please do. Four and five stars. Only. Thank you. Much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And you can follow us on facebook instagram youtube tiktok and twitter so
1: like everywhere yeah
0: everywhere and yeah email us at weirdthingsandwine at gmail.com mr politis
1: if you want to be on our podcast hit me up i would love to hear from you if anyone has you know additional information that we missed or should have added or you found um differing information feel free let us know yeah,
0: and if you have any weird stories of what happened to you in the woods,
1: Ooh, that's send them a good to one. us. I'd yeah. love to
0: know. And if we get enough, we'll read them on a podcast. We have never literally. If we get
1: one, we'll read it on the podcast. Yeah, if we
0: get one, I'll read it.
1: Do it. I would love to hear from you. <laughs> okay,
0: um, and with that, thank you
1: for listening. As always, um, stay weird. Drink wine. Cheers. Cheers. do you want to at the end of this episode instead of saying stick around for some bloopers like oh you're here for the bloopers hey well come back next time (laughs) (laughs) yeah let's do that that's cute